Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. This week we're going to dive into a popular teaching of Jesus. And then I'm going to talk about a phrase that may be popular and it's just bothering me. Let's get started. Well, hello again, friends, and welcome back. Today, 285 in our journey through the Bible. It really seems like yesterday that I was drawing, making this blue uh, screen, not screen, but this blue picture on Canva, and I was posting it out there and saying, let's journey through the Bible this year, and now we are 285 days into this journey We went through the Old Testament. We are now in the New Testament. Jesus, we've seen his birth. Uh, We don't get a lot about during his teen years, but now Jesus is an adult. He is traveling. He is ministering. He is teaching. And we've we've seen his temptation. That's what's tough about this. I'm, I'm realizing now as we are dealing in the Gospels, there's so much. And I keep telling myself, Brad, you are journeying through the Bible, highlighting parts of the Gospels, parts of the Bibles, different parts of it, survey type of thing, so you can't get so bogged down at all. Because we could talk about the temptations of Jesus, we could talk about every one of these Beatitudes, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, there's just so much here. So I hope that you're taking some time, I hope that you are thinking through the the text as you're reading it. I wrote a a blog post. It was one of those emails, actually. It's a little bit of both. It's on the blog, but it was an email that comes to those that subscribe to the email newsletter. And it went out on Monday, I believe. And I talked about how God spoke to my heart during a church service recently, a church service that I didn't necessarily feel like going to. But when I did, and I heard a pastor that I've never heard before speak, God used really the word of God to speak to my heart and to challenge me. And I titled that putting devotion back in your devotions. If you want to see that, you can go to bradmcclure.org and and subscribe there. And you you should be able to see it there on the website. But uh, God spoke to my heart. So I've been trying, I've been in new routine a little bit, changing it up. And, And I said at one point in that writing that, that the discipline is there. You know, every day I'm spending time in God's word but the devotion was slipping. And maybe you're there too. You've been on this journey and the discipline is there. You've got a routine. You're listening to it on the way to work or you're up early and you're reading. Then the discipline is there. But what happens is in that discipline, the devotion part can slip because we get used to the habit of reading and we lose the communion of reading. And so I wanted to get back to that. And and I'm a few days into this new I don't want to say routine, but for me, that's how I think of it, a new routine, uh, but trying to focus on the devotion part of it, and I've been enjoying it. And so I want to challenge you with that. Go read it first. Go to bradmcclure.org, read it first, and then consider if you need to change some things up. So a few comments today. I really have enjoyed the Beatitudes. I'm going to give you, I'm going to, in just a second, I'm going to talk to you, this totally off, it's not part of our journey but maybe as I'm on the journey, I heard a phrase and it just kind of didn't stick well with me. I'll give you an illustration of that. As uh, I'll be as undetailed as I can be in giving that illustration. But let me say first, the Beatitudes are just just beautiful as Jesus is teaching about 
blessed or blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And something that I notice every time I read this is when he says blessed or blessed, it's then he follows it up with something that you wouldn't think is blessed. Like just, I'm not getting into the definitions of all of this today, but just the word poor. To start with the word poor, blessed are the poor. Whoa, that's going to catch your attention. Now he talks about poor in spirit, but it's not what you would think. He says, then he says, blessed are they that mourn. You're like, whoa, I would think you wouldn't be mourning. Those aren't the people that are blessed. And then hunger and thirst, the words that he used, blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, persecuted, you've been reviled. These are the ones that are blessed. And, and I think there's a point in this, there's a there's many points in this that you could preach series on this, and have, many have, I have in the past. But there, we can't get the entitled attitude on this earth that God is going to make us rich and proud and better than everybody else because we're a Christian. No, you may have some tough days. You may have a tough life. But your attitude needs to be an attitude that's pleasing to God. And so he talks about in there, the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, they that mourn, for they shall be comforted, the meek, they shall inherit the earth. But then after that, after these beatitudes, then he goes in and he says, hey, you guys are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? He says, you guys need to make a difference in the generation that you are here. He's talking to his disciples and to those that were listening, gathered a group of people that were gathered around there listening, many people. Then he not only compared him to salt, but he said, you're the light of the world. And he said, you don't hide a light, but he let it shine. And then the famous verse, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So it's not about us, but it's about glorifying the Father in heaven through the good works that we do. And that does make a difference. And so Jesus is trying to, this is really the introduction to his sermon. I don't know if you've watched The Chosen. I've watched it with the kids and we're waiting for the new season to come out. But on the season in which he was, he gave these Beatitudes, it was kind of interesting because it was showing Jesus preparing to give the Beatitudes. You never think about that because we just kind of assume that Jesus just stood up there and just began to speak and this perfect message just came out. And he may have. The chosen doesn't have an edge on this. The Bible doesn't tell us. But Jesus did take upon the form of a man. And it's very possible that he rehearsed this and studied this and spoke. Which means a lot because if you've ever spoken, you can identify with that. You, It takes time to prepare and to think through and to study. And I think Jesus, this is his introductory comments and if you've ever had a public speaking class or taught a lesson you understand that the introduction is important it's the hook that's what you what you have to get people to say i want to listen to what this person has to say in the introduction you'll usually you're going to have some story that's going to catch you or tie you to the topic that you're going to be going to or they're going to ask a question that's going to get stir your conscience get you thinking the introduction is important and jesus led off out of the gate by Throwing these blessed are the poor. What? The mourn. What? The merciful. 
the hungering and thirsting after right. And Jesus is catching our attention and then he's giving some responsibility. You are the light. You are the salt. And throughout this, you can read it takes on chapter 5 of Matthew, chapter 6 of Matthew, at the end of chapter 6, some classic passages. If you're listening to this and you're a worrier, boy, read the end of chapter 6. I hope that caught you as you were reading through there. When Jesus tells us that, boy, there's just so much in this as well. But he says, which of you by taking thought or by being anxious or worrying about this can add one cubit to a statue? Is it going to change anything? Does your worry change anything? Then he just lists some everyday things. Consider the lilies of the valley. How they grow and they toil not new. They just grow. They're in the hands of God. God just takes care of them. Consider the sparrows. They're like nothing but God feeds them. He takes care of them. If he's if he's that concerned about things that don't matter, and if you're a bird lover and a sparrow lover, forgive me. But if you're if you're that if if God cares about the minute things of a sparrow, how much more the glory of his creation, mankind? How about how much more even above that, his child who's whom he's redeemed? God loves you. God cares for you. So I hope, I'm going to wrap this part up and get to this phrase that I want to discuss, but I hope that you have been enjoying learning and maybe reviewing some of this life of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. We're going to see the parables of Jesus. We're going to see the ministry of Jesus played out. And stop, slow down, and notice what he's saying. How would Jesus want us to live today? Well, that kind of transitions into this phrase that came up this week i was talking with someone and uh, someone was talking about a a a teenage girl who they had uh, seemingly encouraged uh, they being the parent had seemingly encouraged the the teenage girl to go against authority at their school it was a christian school and it was authority over something minute just something small I've used the word minute twice today. I don't know why, but uh, but uh, something small and and really kind of bucked the authority. And when I was asked about it, and I my initial thought was, uh, I just something doesn't settle right with me on that. Um, you got Christian authorities that I'm always been told you respect and honor authority, and God blesses that. Uh, but this person encouraged their child to go against the authority and then um, in the defense of it and said that I want to teach them to be, and here's the phrase, a world changer. And if, and if she's going to be a world changer, she needs to stand up against things like this when they're wrong. Now, I'm not getting into the details of it, but the wrong of it was not... Uh, the wrong of it was not like they're teaching you to do something sinful or anything like that. The wrong of it was uh, maybe, arguably, the authority didn't know the whole situation. Just like, hey, here's the decision I'm going to make. Not a big deal. Well, my thinking, I've, look, I've, I've seen this phrase world changer come up a lot recently. Be a world changer. Be a world changer. So that, that, that got me thinking about this phrase world changer. Does God really call us to be a world changer? Now, I'm just thinking on the cuff here. I mean, I've thought about it, so it's not on the cuff. I've been thinking about it. But, you know, every time I see that phrase, that term world changer, it's usually coming from someone that's doing something that's really not biblical. 
like this situation that I just told you about, in which this person was saying, go against your authority in your life, a spiritual authority in your life that's supposedly done you wrong. Well, it really wasn't that wrong. It was just an authority making a decision that they didn't like. But that's qualified under, let's be a world changer. Well, what does God really call us to do? Now, you guys have been reading on your journey. You've seen what Jesus has said so far. We're going to read more. But what I don't see in supposed, if we're going to use the phrase, and I'll come back to that, world changers, I don't see pride and rebellion. What I see God calling us to is the spirit of humility. I think I think about this phrase in 2 Timothy that I, I think about often, often. But it says, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. I think where it says the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. I see multiple times when God says he get, he, he resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. I, I think over in James when he says, Where, whence come wars and fightings among you? Don't they come from your own lust? And I think in there, just a few verses down is when he says, that, that God resists the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. And so my, my problem is twofold, I think, with this phrase. Number one, I don't know that God calls us to be world changers unless we are talking about something more, a little bit different of a definition. I think God wants us just to make a difference where we are. I, I think I have a responsibility to make a difference to my family. I have a responsibility to make a difference in my community. I have a responsibility to make a difference in my... And then I'm to give to try to make a difference around the world. But this idea that I am a world changer sounds a little prideful to me. Don't put it on your social media handle. Handle. It's just... It sounds a little prideful to me. But then but then number two, so even if you're like, I think we're hard to change the world because we're to reach people with the gospel, that's great. But I don't know that one's going to do everything. I think one needs to do their part. But we are just to reach souls with the gospel and disciple people. If that changes the world, great. I don't think that the man that led D.L. Moody to the Lord at Sunday school, he was a Sunday school teacher, and he met him at a at a shoe sh- shop. And he just said, hey, I'd like to you come back to church. And he gave him a Bible. He didn't know that D.L. Moody was going to go on and preach to millions. He didn't go home and post World Changer. Of course, this was the 1800s. He was just a faithful Christian, a humble, lowly Sunday school teacher that passed out a Bible and said, life for you to come. He wasn't proud of it. He was just humble and serving. And D.L. Moody did make a difference in millions of people. Did he change the world as a whole? Maybe not, but he made a difference in millions of lives, thousands of lives. So is he a world changer? I don't know. I think he was just a Sunday school teacher with a heart and love for God that made a difference. And God honored that humility by making it expand through this D.L. Moody. So I don't know. I could be off on this take, but the phrase world changer just seems a little prideful to me. 
My advice for you listening to this podcast, be humble. God exalts humility and he hates, according to Proverbs 6, that's not me, he resists, according to James and 1 Peter, he resists and hates pride. Let's stay humble. All right, well, got that off my chest. <laughs> Just kidding. About to head out fishing. I went to record early, a little bit early today. It's cold. I'm trying to let it warm up. The boys are ready to go. We're going to head out and do a little bit of fishing. I may tinker with recording in a little bit. I've started a private YouTube page, and if you would like to go and be ready for whenever we post our first fishing videos and some other things, I'm going to be traveling to Utah soon. I'll be posting a lot from that trip. I may do some shorts at first. Uh, if you don't know what that is, get in the YouTube universe and you may figure it out or better yet, avoid everything social media. <laughs> but uh, I'm in that I'm starting to get into that universe. And we may record a little bit today. It's a little chilly, but we're going to have some fun. The boys yesterday they said, "Dad, can we help you buy one of those things that we can make our YouTube page?" I said, "What?" And they said, "One of those GoPros." I said, "Well, we'll wait on that, but we can use our phone for now and they want to they want to get one going." So we're going to have some fun. I don't know. We may tinker with it. But be the first to be there. You can go to my personal YouTube page. I think it's just under Brad McClure. I don't know. I don't really know how to tell you how to handle to get there. But if you sign up at bradmcclure.org, you will find it. So, hey, have a great week. Look forward to seeing you back on Sunday. We begin, we begin a new series. We're kind of generally going through the book of Exodus. We're not going to do detailed through the whole book of Exodus. It's long. We only have about 10 weeks. But... We're going to hit some highlights in the book of Exodus at our church, and I will be posting that right here on the podcast. So have a great week. We look forward to seeing you back next week. 